For those of you who don't know, every Good Friday we used to have a service at the Georgia State Cathedral. And then we would raise an altar. We started out in, on the steps, in the front steps of the Capitol. God spoke to me to do this. I never heard of it before. I asked him how to do it, and he told me. The very first time I raised that altar, something happened. How many of you were there? Maybe, okay, a lot of you were there. Something happened. It was like a supernatural explosion. Something went boom! And all the Capitol Police jumped out. They were looking for maybe a bomb or something. I mean, everybody, what, what was that? What was that? <laughs> then all of a sudden, we saw a man running, 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 running. We said, what is what? He said, they heard an explosion this way. <laughs> that's, that, that's when you know that something significant has happened in the realm of the spirit. This redeemed church that you see all over the world, and if you go to their church in Nigeria, I think the church is four miles long, covered. When they have service, you don't go that direction. They have an entire city where they live. You can go there and buy land and build, house, build a house. That's one of the few places the light never goes out in Nigeria. And water runs 24-7. <laughs> they have so much money. They said that when he got his breakthrough, there was an explosion like that, and people heard it across several states. It ran on the ground. There are mysteries in this universe, on this earth. But you know, because the generation are not looking for God, everybody's looking for breakthrough, miracle, money. This, that, that, and the other. So these, these things are kept from us. Verse 17 of Matthew 26. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying unto him, where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house. With my disciples. Hallelujah. Now watch. I have said this over and over again, but the reason I keep mentioning it when I read these kinds of scriptures is that so knowing the American culture and how you guys have grown up, so you don't end up in rebellion with the Lord. The Lord does not ask you for your stuff. He just tells you, okay, I'm going to be using that. So if your feelings are in the way, tough. You see? That's number one. Number two, you need to see the realm he's trying to bring you and I into, where you can see in the realm of the spirit, where your job is, where your contract is, where what you need is. He didn't ask anybody, do you know somebody who has a nice, you know, 
place where we could have a Passover? Isn't that how we operate? He said, I just go, go to that city. You, you meet a man. Tell him I'm coming to your house to have my Passover dinner. The man didn't go. This is American. The man didn't go, wait a minute. I need to ask my wife. You know, she hasn't cleaned up. Or, you know, you have to go through all that. Come on, that's the way you all think. Even if you hear that the Lord is coming, well, when did was when was that decided? Who who made that decision? Come on, say it with me, oh, amen. Uh -huh. These are the things I'm trying to show you: the philosophy of the Word of God, the spirit of the Word of God that is anti the culture you grew up in, so that. You will allow the word of God to change you so you cut out all your shenanigans. Uh -huh. Because as we grow in the realm of the spirit, now he's just telling me this. As we grow in the realm of the spirit, some of you will start having problems because now your husbands are hearing from God. And he can run into somebody and God said, now take him home. And then they come home and you, and you are screaming, what, what, what are we doing now? Who is this? I ain't spending the night here. I'm going back to my parents. Okay, here we go. <laughs> my God, I told you this is not what you expected. You, you're waiting on some great revelation. Here it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Because without these things, you will not be saved. Amen. People gave Amen. because he said so. Amen. That's why you and I are sitting here. The man provided the donkey for him to ride. The man provided his house for him to have the Passover. We don't know where they got the Passover lamb. We don't know who cooked the food. Maybe the disciples. I don't know how good that tasted. <laughs> All right. But these are the things that are in your word I have to continue to point out to you. Because I've experienced this thing so many times. Amen. And nobody's asking you anything. I told you, if you waited six years to get some money, and then you put it in a business, and it turned to $40,000, when you're making 300 a month, and you get up one day, and God says, now, don't go. And then, don't take your money out. Let the lady keep your money and all your profit. How many weeks will it take you <laughs> to come to that decision? You see how these things happen? Amen. So when you are here getting financial breakthroughs, that's how I paid for it. Amen. Praise God. You always have to have a forerunner who makes it possible. Uh -huh. That's why if you don't pay for it, then all this breaking of generational curses, all the things we are talking about will not happen. Somebody has to pay for it. That's the way this thing is designed by our Heavenly Father. I mean, what foreigner did Jesus need? If you look at power or wisdom, or, yeah, but because the Father has destined it that way, John had to be born. Amen. Amen. Then you look at where John came out of. That whenever God needs something, he goes to people who served him. In spite of. He didn't go to anybody. Watch it. 
when Samson was going to be born, was there not a barren woman? A couple that couldn't have children? That's where he went. This one, when he needed John, he went to Zachariah and Elizabeth, who hung on serving God with all the frustrations and miseries. And then he gave them that breakthrough. You see, what is he teaching us? Patterns to serve him when things are going great and when they are not going great. <laughs> That's what a Good Friday night service is all about, is the consecrations of the will. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? Ooh, I remember years ago when he gave me the revelation of this. And I preached it. And then I came back one day. I heard Minister Gavin preaching it in one service. Because the mystery here is, you know, when he said, one of you shall betray me, what is the natural inclination? You start looking around. Well, I know who it is. You start thinking about who is the most likely candidate. But no, in a tremendous act of humility, they say, Lord, is it me? This thing is so important because that pride is what keeps messing us up. And even when you see somebody else struggling, you assume that you will never deal with such a thing. You're right. They had the humility to say, maybe it's me. I know I haven't gone to any high priest. I haven't tried to negotiate his betrayal. But maybe, I don't know. Lord, is it me? Maybe I haven't done this. Is it me? These are the, you know, the things we should be reflecting on this season. I know that we've talked about other things all week long, but I wanted us to look at some of this before we start praying. Because what is the exciting truth? The exciting truth is that what came out of what we are reading is what will give us the authority to go downtown and do what we are doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Our authority and power came because of his pain. He's suffering. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why we don't negotiate with demons. This stuff has been paid for. It don't matter what you're saying about me. That has nothing to do with me. Look at that thing. That cross is empty. Hallelujah. 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 Are you hearing what I'm telling you? It's, it should be a celebration. When I said it, I just, he just poured fresh anointing on me. You see, that cross is empty. He's no longer there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. That's one of my issues with the Catholics. They're the only people that have Jesus on the cross. He's no longer there. Hallelujah. He's not in the manger either. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Far above all principality, all powers. Every name that is named in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Glory to God. On Sunday morning, that's what I'll be thundering. Every time resurrection comes, I don't just go to tell the story that he resurrected, but how it impacts me. 
Because he says I'm seated with him. <laughs> Glory to God. This is an ordination from heaven. And they cooked me for years before they sent me. And the assignments given to me is so end time critical. And they told me to get it done. And there's no excuse I can bring. If you are told to get it done and no excuses, what options do you have? I told you, he said to me, isn't it last year? He said, an excuse is not a solution. Now you see, you remember it. Some of you are listening. They completed it when I was saying, he said, an excuse is not a solution. And if you're watching your families and in your home and your relationships, you have excuses. And then when someone doesn't accept it, you get so angry. You don't even pay attention to where you are. That the God of resurrection does not accept excuses. Get the job done. Hallelujah. All right. I have to stop because it's almost to nine. Okay, let me answer the first question briefly. Watch. Why didn't the Lord answer Jesus' prayer? That's the most important thing. <clears throat> In God, the Father, he knew that life, his life, will come to us to cause dirt to become a human being through the breath of God that's contained in the blood. And he understood as God that the only way to cure sin is by blood. Watch this. He didn't just know that, but they tested it to make sure it worked. That's why the Bible tells you that the lamb was slain. <laughs> From the foundation, they tested it and made sure it worked. So if he was going to answer the Lord Jesus' prayer, you are talking about setting the whole creation, the whole plan of God, the whole thing from the beginning till then, upside down. The massive confusion you would have created in the universe. I dare say that God may not even survive it himself. Because you're going to put everything upside down. There's no way he could have answered it. Not for food for children. <laughs> Watch now. Because Jesus challenged him and said, Father, you can do. You can get this done. There's no question he could. But this was set up. The whole thing with the Old Testament sacrifices and all of this, that's what it was all about. Tracking the thing all the way to him. Amen. Don't you know? That's why the father didn't have to think about what he needed to do when Adam sinned. He just grabbed an animal, killed it, spilled blood. And then that blood became 
the medium for him to be able to approach Adam in sin, to talk to him. So, whatever the Lord Jesus has done for you, I'm asking you as we go to pray, so we're going to get past nine because we need to pray before we go downtown. I don't want to be doing it. So ask yourself, do I still appreciate it? Ask yourself, do I still feel the magnitude of the sacrifice? Ask yourself, is this still my own personal ticket to glory and victory? Because so many of us are religious. And your claim to fame is what you're doing or not doing. But I put my faith squarely and totally in the hands of the Lord Jesus. And in his sacrifice for me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whatever I'm able to do, I'm thankful. Whatever I'm not able to do, I believe him to fix. But I have no righteousness of my own. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I receive it tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. The glory is running. The glory is running. Hallelujah. Glory. Be free from condemnation. Be free from fear. Be free from doubt. Be free from, what is that, sicknesses and diseases and all these ailments. Hallelujah. He paid for it on the cross. I put my faith in it. And I believe that no devil can thwart what he did. It is finished. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. We are here by your assignment. We believe that the state of Georgia belongs to you. And we believe that as we obey you, that you will keep covenant with us. We have come here in accordance with your command. We are asking you to deliver the state of Georgia from the hand of the enemy. From the hand of circular humanists, arise, O Lord. May your glory descend on this capital. May your glory descend on this people with me. May your glory rest upon me now. As these altars are raised, may the glory arise.
when you do the sixth march, you need to make decrees. He says, I have an issue against the city for two reasons. One, the gay and lesbian agenda. Mm -hmm. Two, child trafficking. Amen. Amen. He said, when you do this sixth march, make decrees against them. Amen. Amen. That my glory yeah. will descend Amen. Amen. and uncover them Amen. and their strategies Amen. and their power brokers Amen. in the name of Jesus. Friday, we conclude a week of consecration right here at Resurrection House for All Nations. We used to be in preparation for what we call the Resurrection Parade, where the story of the gospel has been put on floats, yes, floats, from the triumphant entry to the Golgotha to the empty tomb, all of those things are portrayed in floats. And then we parade them with our cars <clears throat> interspersing these floats, giving testimonies of what the Lord had done in our lives. But since COVID, we haven't been able to obtain permits to do that. And now the Holy Spirit has skewed it to us, meeting to conclude our fast, and then we will go to the Georgia State Capitol to raise altars unto the Lord. We go to all the state capitals, all 50 states, including Honolulu, Hawaii. That's what Iguan is for. And we raise altars unto the Lord, believe in him to break the power of circular humanism and witchcraft in America. And that revival will break out and we will all return to the Lord our God, for America to remain strong and healthy. America to continue to elect leaders that are strong. Because we've been electing weak leaders and we applaud them. But you should know whether you have a strong leader in America or not when you look at Russia's response, China's response. You see what is going on now. I won't go any further. You can read in between the lines and see what is happening. <laughs> we had another situation when the same kind of people were in the White House. 
Iran was taking American hostages. Can you believe that? They've done it in the 70s, then they did it during this other regime where sailors were taken captive. There are some leaders in the White House who will not dare. May America wake up and return to the Judeo-Christian principles. <laughs> because what they're talking about, I hope you're paying attention to the news, that uh, the Defense Department is coming out clear, saying, hey, we, they need all this money to prepare for a war with China and Russia. Because the contention in the Asian Peninsula is heating up. So we need revival. We need to return to God so his protection will cover us. And then his power will make America great again. I know people say, well, uh, was there a time America was great? Yes, America has always been great. Yet she had flaws in the issues of slavery and those things. But America was great. <laughs> And that greatness will come back when we come back to God. All right. For those of you I have not offended, you can call 770-994-3777. You will experience glory when you make that phone call. The prayer of agreement will go forth. If you desire the prayer cloth, put your seed in the ground and the glory will come head into your house. We'll mail them to you. They've been on the altar now long enough. I believe they're ready. They're supercharged with the glory and the presence of God. Amen. Use Zelle, use Cash App, send in the mail, do whatever you need to do to put your faith into action. And God will bless your life. Come join us. Amen. God said that these rallies, or these altar raising ceremonies will become prayer rallies in all 50 states. And we have a who in it is worthy campaign coming forth. We, we are looking for partners, pastors in every state capital who will partner with us to host these prayer meetings and get it organized. And when we come in town, as part of that prayer meeting, we'll raise altars unto God once a year. We will take America back. It, it doesn't take much. Just one move of God, all these, that these liberals have accomplished, will come crashing down. And God will break the power of these satanic demons trying to destroy all of us through, uh, you know, you know, in Canada, you can't even say what I'm about to say, through homosexuality and all this gay stuff and lesbian stuff and transgender stuff. These are aberrations of the devil. God made a man and a woman, and you don't need to be anything else. And now people are referring to themselves as they. So how many of you are there? These are devils. Oh, but there's nothing like being a son of God. He said he gives you a sound mind. Amen. Amen and amen. <clears throat> come out to the state capitol and come see what's going on. Amen. And at some point, you can join us. You know, spiritual leaders and pastors, churches, you can join us. And it will be a great time in the Lord. We love you, beloved. I got to go. Remain blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Receive. Amen. Bye-bye.